Welcome to It's All Beer. We're on this podcast. We don't see color. Is this an array of stouts before me? I have no idea, and I refuse to say. I'm Jeremy Jones. <laughs> you be okay there, Tyler? I'm Tyler Zimmerman. I think that was the best one. Really? I mean, it-, it was a deep cut back. <laughs> Well, the funny thing was, is if you're a, a if you're a hardcore listener, you'll realize that was a recycled one. Uh, that was what I, I picked I used uh, when uh, Eric Calvert uh, dropped by. You were um, you fucked off for some some. My grandma died. Like I said, for some stupid personal reason, you know, like you were too selfish. That, to... <laughs> that was the episode I got out of the Jaeger. Yes. Yeah. So I listened to that episode, but I just skipped right to like. The... <laughs> I decided to whip that one back out to see to see a if you remembered it and b what the reaction would be given the uh, given the circumstances. Tyler, you are here in the beer cave with me for a change. How yeah. does it feel? You really need to clean up in here. I here's a sad thing. I did. <laughs> it's kind of cluttered and not, messy, Jeremy. Not not a lot. Like I expect more from you. Although those basil plants do look pretty nice. See. I'm- they're, they're they're rocking. They're you know, slightly frightened. They're more than a little frightened. <laughs> they're bolting actually a little, a little bit. Uh, this is our uh, this is our last podcast of the year, and as is tradition, we basically we stop doing beer news, and we decide that we're just going to we we pick Fuck a, off for a whole episode. Yeah, we 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 pick. We've just come to picking a uh, a style we want to explore and talk about more, and. Um, and, and honestly, I think this was the most difficult one to shop for. Uh, we decided kind of on a because it, it really, really it was last week. We 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 had what had happened was so we, that means like a day or two ago we actually went shopping for well, these. The thing so like a couple weeks ago as we we're planning the last of the uh, last of the podcast it was like okay and then you know and then this will be our last podcast. Think about what we want to do for that and then we immediately forgot and we both uh, fucked off. And then we came back, did our podcast last week, and then we said we said to each other, "Did you think about it?" And the other one said, "No, we did not think about it. None of us thought about it." And we just kind of settled on unflavored American stouts, not necessarily American, just unflavored, unflavored stouts. Excuse me, yes, as much unadjuncted stout as we could. Uh, I think I, the, I feel like the reason, at least the re, uh, the reason I suggested it, was that. It's a dying style. It's a dead style, basically. It is, you, you, you just you can't find find them. Did you even? I was uh, uh, someone had brought up um, Black Cliffs. Did, I it? couldn't find any package, and I was like, I'm not gonna go get a growler if they even have it on tap right now. I'm like, because I feel a growler versus like a packaged beer that's gonna be an unfair comparison. Depending how long that growler is going to sit in my car, like. So, um, so and that's like, that that is the bring, only. I bring that one up because number one, it's the only like regularly produced uh, straight Local stout in, locally, but it was also a gold medal winner at uh, at the GABF and World Beer Cup and World. Beer. It's won silvers at World okay. Beer Cup. So it's so it is it is widely recognized as a spectacular. Uh, straight up stout, can't find it. It's just not a a, a style. I feel honestly, the only time they ever have it at their brewery is when they're brewing a batch for competition. I mean, I think that beer I think was basically designed for competitions. It was a it it was uh, uh, um, hearing hearing them talk about it, and in so many words. It's a it's a style that's not well represented. There's not a lot of competition. You brew one really well, you got it shot, and they still did. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, it's it's hard to find. Just straight up, no chocolate, no caramel, no marshmallow, fuck fluff, no mm-hmm. coconut, no. Well, we could only find four just straight up stouts, and then we rounded it out with two oatmeal stouts because when I was buying them, I was like, okay. Oatmeal is still a grain. It's not lactose or a milk or a coffee. So this is the closest thing I can get to two more extra just stouts. And so, Jeremy, you want to run them through the lineup that we have that we're going to be voting on? Um, first, well, 
we've I was about to say first off, but we don't know what order we're gonna go in. So we've got the Shoots Obsidian Stout, a classic. Uh, the uh, the uh, uh, representative from overseas, Sullivan's Black Marble Stout. Uh, the Nenkasi Oatmeal Stout. I don't like their rebrand. It's. What don't you like about it? I mean, it it's... feels very anchorish to me. You know, it does. It actually well, has kind of an old timey like, kind of look to it. But when you say anchor, I'm like, oh yeah, I see it. I've got the uh, we got the Snake River Zonker, the Fort George Cavatica, and the Fremont Dark Star Imperial Oatmeal Stout. So one of these is going to be a little bit bigger than the other. That's only like six percent, I want to say. Uh, it's more than that, I should think. As a as an oatmeal, as a it's eight percent. Oh, is it eight percent? Yeah. So I mean, it's it's on the low end of imperial. So again, we were stretching the boundaries a little bit because he kind of got to if you're going to if. But I feel everything's kind of like six to seven. Um, methodology again is Tyler went and poured. Uh, uh, six samples. Six samples, and then, then I hope wrote those down or memorized what uh, what beer was what. You were sitting in my same spot when you, or we happened to do it mirrored. Huh? So I know what, from my point of view, what my far left was okay. to my far right. Okay, then yeah, that's how I went. Okay, perfect. <laughs> I was like, we've done this enough. I feel like we've yes. got the system down and then i took them I, I i used a random word generator because it makes me giggle um wrote them down very badly as tyler is not is not going to cease to bitch about this entire podcast so dude i'm pretty of, sure my year and a half old has better handwriting than you i should hope so um uh so what's which which direction i have them in alphabetical order uh which which direction do you want to start from did you do reverse alphabetical order yes you fucking twat. <laughs> if you want to go left to right. We can also go right to left if you want to go alphabetical order. I mean, I, left to right, you read that way. Well, All right, so we'll start with the worm. Uh, what the is... What are we going to do the day we do this and it happens to basically solidly line up exactly how I had it? Then, and and at which point, when that happens, then you won't know that because... Oh, until we go to... <laughs> until I go, one, one, two. It'll be a nice quinky dink, now won't it? Uh, also, Jeremy had a slight oversight, and one of the beers he bought is Nitro. Sullivan's. And... Sullivan's is the Nitro. Yeah, I know. It's not an oversight. I, I'm aware of that. Well, so it stands out looking at this lineup. There is, it's, yeah, that's, it's pretty obvious which one we'll get to, which one that... Mo- the, I don't know. Which one is it? Do you want to say now or shall we? It's the tur. Yes, it's <laughs> which kind of which kind of uh, uh, the um, silky smooth fucking glass top. <laughs> which kind of uh, uh, which kind of uh, cocks up a uh, a blind taste test, but uh, you know we we do we do the best with what we got. So we'll start off with the worm stout. And again, random words chosen by a random word generator, but this one kind of makes me giggle. So this one has a nice roasty aroma, notes of coffee and a little bit of caramel. Ah, I got a drinking problem. <laughs> Hole in your mouth, apparently. This is nice. Got a nice, yeah, roasty bite bitterness. Uh, uh, not overly sweet, not overly astringent cream, or dry. Creamy, uh, uh, a creamy mouth feel. The body leads me to believe it might be um, like one of the oatmeal stouts. The little bit of alcohol bite uh, uh, makes me sort of sort of wonder if it isn't the Fremont, but I would almost guess it might be the Nkasi. But no, it can't be Nkasi. I like it. Oh, do you <laughs> hate Otis? <laughs> I'm not. I I <laughs> I have not hitherto found a whole lot of Nkasi that I get super excited about. That's just. Maybe doing it blind. Maybe. I, well, again, we learned we learned uh, this time last year that natural ice <laughs> to both of our extreme. Uh, I never hated on natty ice, man. <laughs> I mean, I drank plenty of it in college. Uh, shall we talk a little bit about? Uh, I don't know. I, I guess I guess I would pull up American Stout, and then we 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 work around the uh, uh, the. Uh, 
the hoppy portion. Uh, well, you and just realize that while we're while the the guidelines are for American stout, it's kind of any stout. We've we, we're 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 kind of. I mean, the Sullivan's is probably more of a a a, a English stout or a or a Irish stout. Um, obviously the the uh, the two oatmeal, oatmeal stouts. Although um, maybe adhering more towards American style than because uh, an oatmeal stout is is uh, more comes from British tradition, and so the the best ones are are, are uh, usually listed as British. But um, and then uh, and then the the one in the one imperial, but uh, American stout, fairly strong, highly roasted, bitter, hoppy, dark stout. The body and dark flavors typical of stouts with more aggressive American hop character and bitterness. So, like everything that that like ever like er, like every other style that uh, uh, came to us from uh, from overseas, we took it, we made it bigger, hoppier, and angrier. Oh, nice! <laughs> I just happened to. You've never you, you, no, you, I okay. I was looking to see if they still had the map on it. They but still had the map. I opened it to the Boise section. So, uh, if you don't know what the fuck just happened, like, uh, so, uh, Snake River, um... Flows from Yellowstone to the Columbia River. Yes. Uh, Snake, the S- Snake River, uh, their cans, they, they use, like, a generic can, which, wherein is basically a map of the Snake River, and then they put a label on top of that. So, the fun thing is, you can peel off the, you can peel off the label for the beer, and then you just see a, a... a Map of the Snake River which is, from... I thought it's, I thought it was a, a, a really cool idea and a nice way to work around the, the, uh, the ordering, uh, limitations that we've talked about on this podcast. If you have, you know, if you have to, unless you have, unless you're a craft brand that has a couple SKUs that are selling truckloads of... At a quick enough turnaround... It really doesn't make much sense to uh, to uh, have to order as many cans of each one as you can. So well, and I think Ball's still doing the five truckload minimum. Five, yeah, it's, it's it's something ridiculous. Where it's and by the way, they're being delivered today, and you need to do something with them. They are delivered all up front. You pay five, all up front. Five, five truck- and you store <laughs> on your own accord. Five trucks are showing up to your brewery. Uh, figure out what to do with them right now. Yeah, and if I remember, it's four hundred and sixty barrel tanks cover one truckload. Jesus. So yeah, a, a, a few. <laughs> yeah. Uh, want to move on to the next one, or yep. All right. So Pierce. Pierce. I think that's what it says. It says Pierce. Could be peace. It's Pierce. Fuck you, clown. This one, this one has more caramel on it, mm-hmm. and a little bit of like, like a like some fruity notes. A little bit of like date, or even like maybe some raisin. Yeah, date raisin. Maybe a little bit of even a little bit of red wine oxidation. Mm. Ooh, yeah. This one's this one's bolder. I bet I know which one this is. What do you think it is? I think it's Cavatica. I'm gonna. I'm going to jot down a note to see if I can identify. Okay, it's not a bad guess. So this is this is. I think this is more um, more t- uh, typical of what we just talked about when it's called American stout. The hop character is more upfront and in your face. The roastiness is the roastiness is more aggressive. The hops are a little more aggressive, but it's got a nice fruity. Uh, uh, fruity fermentation character that is again it's it's quite nice. Um, I think I slightly prefer the drinkability of the worm uh, than than Pierce, but yeah, I I would too. Uh, I I think just the smoother finish, which we said could partially be if it's one of the oatmeal stouts. Um. But while we're while we're sipping and contemplating on these two, uh, uh, you brought a couple of things you wanted to talk about. Yeah. Uh, over the we, some things to ponder as we uh, as we go on break for the uh, for the holidays. Yeah. So uh, the first one is, I felt it was kind of fitting doing that we were doing stouts. Uh, 
Diageo, uh, the spirits conglomerate and owners of Guinness, um, have decided they are going to seek to sell their beer portfolio due to uh, the portfolio bringing down their margins. Um, so this uh, report by Reuters, um, and they um, a report from Axios uh, cited uh, sources familiar with Diageo uh, said they are looking to sell beer brands including Smithwick's, Kilkenny, and Harp Lager, uh, as well as Tusker and Kenya, uh, among others, because uh, the beer brands were a margin drag on the rest of their business. Uh, Diageo refused to comment on the report. And uh, outside of that, there's not much on it right now. But you may have... I'm curious, are they going to include Guinness in that sale? Well, they've already said they're keeping Guinness. At least everything I've read. Okay. Is that Guinness is the one is the one thing that seems to make any money? They're just disinvesting themselves. There was a there was a, a, a um, an article tied to a podcast from Vinepair that I haven't listened to the podcast, but I checked out the article uh, postulating whether this was like the. I mean, using this to talk about whether the whether the uh, uh, the era of uh, big worldwide globalized global beers are over. I would say. Uh, Unless you're already established as one, yeah. But, I mean, unless you're the Heineken, the Carlsberg, the... The best beer ever. The AB. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, even... They're they're talking about about, uh, uh, beer brands that hitherto did pretty good business in the United States, especially either early in craft beer or before it got going, given the the fact that it really wasn't... um, Given the fact that that was how you got decent beer was yeah. imports, uh, they brought up Newcastle for example. Oh fuck, I haven't seen that beer in a long time. Right? Uh, you know that was that was a solid staple. It's lost a ton of ground. Um, uh, you know, mentioned uh, uh, Smittix. Um, same same type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, uh, I, you see I that? mean, I feel all of it kind of lost its luster when. You can get similar or better quality beer made a couple miles down the road. Yeah, I, which is which is kind of the whole. I, I, there was this. Uh, there again, there's a tweet from way back when they were tweets and not X's. <laughs> They'll always be tweets in my mind. <laughs> um, Fuck you, Elon. That uh, that I quite that, that I uh, uh, that I quite enjoyed. It was, I, I forget the exact quote, but it was somewhere along the lines of of uh you know brewery you know we're we're better because we're fresh and we're local same brewery why isn't our pale ale selling h- halfway across the country should we involve invest in social <laughs> but uh but I, you're it's it's interesting that even on the global scale like it's the 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 market is becoming more and more local and yeah i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing or just a thing I think it's kind of just a thing. Okay, we got meat now. Meat stout. <laughs> meat me. <laughs> we have the meat. Okay, wow. That's almost like taking a step up. Whoa. It has, it has all the like same qualities of like Pierce, except for ramped up past the point of like palatability, if you're asking me. It's got that, so it's got the caramel. It's got a lot of like fruit, like cherry, pear, red wine. Yeah. Um, really, just a slap of uh, just a a big old dick slap of bitterness right across the face. Also, you keep talking about dark star being the biggest. It's the not the highest alcohol we have here. It is not, but it is Cavatica. Is it eight point eight? Kavatica's that big. Yeah. All right. So part of me is like, I think I need to change my... Then we're, well, then we're well into Imperial uh, territory. It's right there under the name. 
Oh, yep. All right. Fuck it. <laughs> I just happened to look over and I was like, oh, wait, yeah. Kavatica. Yeah, that's... That one's a big one. It's got a... Got a roasty bite. It's lacking some of the smoothness that I like in a stout, though. Yeah, it it's harsh, and and and, a, and maybe that's a, a. I mean, it's got a big body on it. I think it's kind of thin, actually. You think? Mm-hmm. Is, it, is it just that like hop? Again, it's like a, like bitter, roasty, fruity hops all all together. So, yeah. Um, the, the, uh, uh, one thing that I was, uh, uh, that I, that I saw, I've seen this pop up and I've been avoiding it, um, because I kind of want the story to be done with, um, but, uh, uh, Kid Rock now no longer boycotts Bud Light? No, well, that too, uh, it was, it, it popped up, I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna mention this, cause it's, it's, it's an amusing end to this whole this this story has consumed the entire year, hasn't it? It really popped up in like March, and and we haven't been able to, to put it down uh, uh, as much as I'd like to since. Although um, uh, it was, uh, uh, but this this like it seems like a nice end cap of like I'm hope we're done with it. Um, uh, came from Newsweek, who's been <laughs> who's been all over this. I did I don't know what this is like Newsweek's favorite story <laughs> of all time. I don't know when they became like. Fox News light. <laughs> I, if they was, they're just kind of. If, if, if they're Dang, just, there's a hole to fill here. Like we want, we, we want to appeal to the Fox News, the, the Fox News per, the uh, viewer that's literate. Um, five, all five of them. Uh, <laughs> well, apparently you're one of the five. It, it pops up on my is on my beer or my. News feeds like you like all things beer related. Here, have this. I'm like, oh, I don't want it. But um, uh, it was the 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 latest thing that that. Uh, so I think we may even have mentioned it that the U that Bud Light is uh, now has a partnership with UFC, and uh, and uh, uh, Dana White the mm-hmm. the living pimple that needs to be popped <laughs> that hit his wife was uh, on camera. Was uh, on uh, was on uh, uh, Tucker Carlson saying that real patriots drink Bud Light, um, uh, espousing that if you are a real patriot, you'll have several drums of Bud Light in your house. You'll Tucker just... <laughs> Carlson still a thing? It, it's he's on he's on not Twitter. <laughs> ah, he got booted off Fox. Then yeah. Elon Musk gave him a gave him a spot on 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 not Twitter. Um, so he can sit there and say his bullshit to nobody, <laughs> except for a Newsweek reporter who then writes it down and sends it to me. I'm like, I don't want it. I don't want. Fu- I don't want to fucking see this. But um, it was, it was mostly the drums, the 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 idea that you do know that beer comes in kegs, right? <laughs> Wait, he literally he said, said drums. drums. He said drums. Like it's a. <laughs> I, I mean, Bud Light's been on a ad campaign to try to fix their ostracizing their core customer because uh, they've been doing ads with Travis Kelsey. Now the newest one has Peyton Manning in it, ordering Bud Lights at a bar. So they're really trying to like get the Macho Man back. I think they. I think. I think with the UFC thing, the, the perhaps they doth protest too much. <laughs> Uh, which is surprising that they swiped the UFC bid from Modelo. It seems like, well, uh, uh, they got more money. And Modelo famously doesn't need any advertising to do their thing. Yeah, but that's part of the reason, like, Modelo, like, really became that stronghold was... They initially were one of the first big, like, they were really the only beer brand to, like, partner with the UFC. So. Possibly before UFC was the size it is. No, I mean, UFC's been this size for a while. 
But well, anyway, now it's Bud. Now it's Bud Light's battleground, and uh, yep. and yeah, um, I would also not only do beer come in kegs, but if you are stocking um, uh, several kegs of Bud Light in your house, you are not a patriot, sir. You're a fucking alky. <laughs> Like, and listen to some of my cakes, and you're a goddamn patriot. <laughs> and I don't care what Jeremy says about you. <laughs> I got bills to pay, motherfucker. Your, is that a patriot, or, or just, or, or is that just your your uh, 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 personal sponsor? <laughs> I don't care. Shut now up. we are on deter, or as I like to call it, Sullivan's. This one's pretty obvious. But it's got a so it's got a little, like a touch of roast caramel. Almost like slightly like astringent and roasty towards the back end. Yeah, and this was of, of all the ones we've had. This is, and I thought this would be the smoothest one, being that it was on fucking nitro. I mean, it, it the body is smooth, but. It's got kind of a roasty bite to it. More hops than I think I was than I would I, I would assume very that, much yeah that would assume came out of a couple came out come out of an Irish brewery although it's not I think they may they the um, the the beer that I've had from them I think is um, uh, I don't know they, possibly more influenced by some uh, craft beer tradi- uh, craft beer ideas than. Uh, than some of the other legacy ones. Also, fun fact: Sullivan's was lost in a bar bet. So, <laughs> the it was a family-owned business for the longest time until uh, uh, until the elder Sullivan. Well, not a bar bet, but uh, he 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 had a gambling um, like you do. Well, yeah, he, he enjoyed to gamble uh, and ended up having to sell the brewery <laughs> to uh, to keep up with that. Should have been a better gambler. Could have got another brewery. <laughs> um, he should have deterred his want to gamble. But see, it doesn't have quite the. It's it, it's also it's it feels like a cleaner fermentation than like especially like meat or Pierce. Both of those. You get like a fruitiness to the fermentation. This one's very, very clean. So you get like roast, you get the roastiness. And maybe it's, I've had it right after meat. Right, pick up some of that fruitiness. Do you? I don't, well, I mean, it's there, but not nearly as well, like, It's not as pronounced, but. Um, even like, even worm. I mean, it's kind of, it's a, worm has a touch of it, but I think this is even cleaner than that. Cause you get, I get more just straight up roast. Um, uh, I get more just straight up uh, uh, hops. Uh, big body from the nitro, clean uh, finish, very drinkable. What's your, what's your order so far? So far, I think it'd be, I think it'd be worm, pierce, deter, meat. I'm going Pierce, Worm, Meat, Deter. Deter's your your least favorite one so far. Yeah, and it's middle of the road for me. I like the I, I like the I like the drink the drinkability of Worm best of all. The Worm Stout, which is just fun to say. Uh, Pierce, just I like that real robust roasty. Pierce is nice. Mm-hmm. Definitely uh, number two. I mean. So far, if you pour me a pint of any of these, and we're like, "Hey, there's, here's a miss pour," I'm gonna be. There's none. There, there's none that are just absolutely um, god awful. Um, did you want to talk about another story? Or should we move to consolidate? Let's move to consolidate, and then uh, while we're trying that, we'll talk about an article from Craft Brewing Business where they interviewed three craft brewers to talk about their 2024 market predictions, and we'll weigh in on them. All right. So it's got like a an herbal quality, like licorice. Mm-hmm. Uh, anus. Anus. No, I don't want to smell your anus. <laughs> you like it. 
No, I tolerate it. <laughs> you could wash up every now and then. Your tongue is washing enough. <laughs> and now we're confirming what everybody always suspected. Jeremy licks my butthole. Whoa. That is. I'm saying that's obsidian. That would make sense. That is old school, that. roasty. Because it's... I mean, it does have that, that uh, like, citrusy herbal tinge to it that does make me think uh, uh, Deschutes, like the, like the Deschutes uh, um, dark beers. Yeah. Um, like I say, I get licorice, I get a little bit of a touch of caramel, a touch of molasses, a hint of, like, floral citrus. So some Cascade hop in there. And just a, and, but a, a nice clean finish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't hang around the palate. It very drinkable. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a, a nice mix of like flavorful and 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 drinkable. Um. So let's hop into some of these predictions. So they, um, it's an article from Craft Brewing Business, uh, where they work together with Kevin York Communications, a PR agency, and they interviewed uh, three different brewmasters. Uh, about what they thought of their, of what craft beer in 2024 is going to hold. So, first one they interviewed was Rob Lutz, uh, the GM and co-founder of Stormbreaker Brewing out of Portland. Um, his first thing he kind of predicted was festivals were going to change. Festivals and industry events, he said, haven't fully recovered in a post-COVID world. Well, come to Idaho, buddy, they fucking have. Uh, we were, uh, we were. I think, I, I think, uh, uh, by April, we were already like uh, April twenty twenty. We we're like, no, we want festivals. I want to, yeah. I want to spit into someone else's mouth, or you, or you're a communist. But one thing he did say was, uh, to be successful again, breweries and event organizers are going to need a more cre- to get more creative in what they offer, which I hundred percent agree with. He said uh, they do a. Brew Stillery Fest, where they pair a local distiller and a local brewer to come up with the perfect bear, beer and spirit pairing. Um, so more like thoughtful, like cool new festival ideas instead of show up, you get this plastic mug, you get to take home, you get rip roaring drunk, every brewery rep hates talking to you, you're a menace to society. Um, <laughs> Personal experience, you're, you're, you're uh, no, no, hypothetical. Oh, uh, <laughs> instead in this, of a in hundred of those, getting the events that you have that are cool, more themed, focused, and educational, as well as just unique, are going to start taking over and forcing out the show up, get hammered. Question: How many times have you been said participant, and how many times have you been the rep? You know what's sad? I've been the rep more times. Than- I mean, that is your job. So you show up to all of them. Yeah. The, the rep that hates the customer, the drunken customer. And then when I do, like, show up on, like, the fun end, it's like I can't let loose and have as much fun. Because you don't want to be that guy in that. Yeah. Cause you're, cause or I've been like, yeah, I'm that asshole. I'm not going to ask you a question. I'm just going to get this because I know you don't want to be here. I'm a douche. Uh, sorry. And they were like, thanks. You, you, you just wonder, hey, I, I, I've been to your brewery before. It's... Uh, I've... Once I started working in the industry, never did that. Uh, uh, <laughs> once you start working in the industry... So you have been that guy. <laughs> yeah, when I was early in my craft beer days. Okay. Uh, That's acceptable. I've also never been the guy who... had. I've had too many people come up to the booth and just be like... And point... And I'm like, okay, buddy, if you can't say the name of the beer, you shouldn't be drinking anymore. They're just that hammer. They're just like... They're just, oh, they're like leaning and they're just like... First of all... And you're like, do you want that one? And they're like, hmm, nod their head and just aggressively point like my toddler does. And she's like, again! <laughs> and I'm like, at least my kid can say again! <laughs> they're, just, they're just like, you've got Mungo, just... Mm. 
Beer good. Foot in face. <laughs> can't even get that. Can't yeah. even get that out. <laughs> like if you can't even caveman this, like <laughs> you don't need to be drinking anymore. Uh, next one he talked about was beer styles. Uh, he said, "Gonna see a number of things coming." Um, the two main points uh, were he said he thinks people are going to start experimenting more with new hop products like hop extracts and oils, um, which, I mean, are already becoming a big thing, but he thinks they're going to be even more this next year, as well as expanding on Pilsner styles. You got the traditional Czech and German styles. Um New Zealand, French, and Italian Pilsners are really taking off. So he thinks there's going to be more traction in those categories as well as um, like tweaks to almost those styles coming out. I, I mean, that's almost... That's almost cur- I mean, it's either current or past news. That's not... That's not... Uh, uh, you know, that's... That's, I'm like, we are currently on that road. Like, it is happening. Saying, that's like saying, I predict the train's going to be on time. You're like, well, yeah, you're on that train. And it is now leaving the station when it's... <laughs> supposed to, yeah. When it's supposed to. So, well done. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, mean, I don't know what to say to that. Congratulations for going to the your nearest beer spot and looking at the tap list. <laughs> uh, advocate, our final one. All right. This one's, Now, this one has a more distinct coffee. That I've gotten some from from the others. I mean, coffee is like is a is a is a uh, uh, a component, but this is like the first one I get. Like that's that's like straight up coffee. All right. Well, it's got now. This has got a harsh bitterness to mm-hmm. me that lingers, lingers for a while. It's still there. It's setting up camp and just. <laughs> It's going to stay its whole two-week limit. <laughs> Holy crap, that's bitter. I think this is Otis. I think Worm is Darkstar. Wow. Um, it's still there. So I get some caramel, some molasses, um, the coffee, and then after that, it just descends right into like a harsh, very roasty herbal bitter and it just it it lingers like an ipa man this mm-hmm. is and i'm talking an ipa circa uh, 2012 yeah like i beat you skull fuck you in the face with ibu like yeah, yeah we like we put a thousand ibus look at our thousand ibu dick look how big and veiny it is open your mouth <laughs> bam <laughs> Like um, I yeah. don't do not wish to see that, sir. Just give me a beer that's drinkable. Okay. Uh, <laughs> let's hop to Aaron Remus, the president and co-founder of Bentwater Brewing, out of Lynn, Massachusetts. Uh, the first one he had uh, was really the one that caught my eye the most out of all of these distributors that only focus on craft beer will go away. You think? Uh, He said, uh, a diversified portfolio from large, sophisticated teams will continue to enable broad retail success. Uh, A craft beer only portfolio offers focus, uh, but is offset by usually they have smaller teams, higher execution risk within large retail. So if you get a couple cuts, that was most of what your volume was. You're now losing all that revenue, having to find a new home for that, especially in like a chain dependent state mm-hmm. like Idaho, which seeing that I was like, oh, yeah, I, I could see. I mean, we're already kind of starting to see that with some of the consolidation here in the Valley with BRJ and Idaho Wine Merchant merging. That was almost more, but that was almost more of a response to the big dog in craft beer in this market, Scout, when... Scout backed by. And Are they really the big dog in we're craft talk, beer? We're talking about craft. They're, they've got the big. They they, they they've. They don't even have cold storage, bro. Yeah, but they've got the. Uh, but they at this point in time, we, I mean, they they've got the they, they've got the big. They got the brands that you know. They got your great notion. The, the big frame. dog in craft beer. I 
I would still say is Hayden Beveridge here in town, just by sheer, just by sheer, uh, by the sheer number of accounts. But that, but there are special accounts, are, vendors. But there's unlike the small specialty side, yeah, that's what I'm kind of talking about. Okay, but also they got that Colum- that sweet, sweet Columbia that was, money. That's what I was. That's where I was going. I mean, the the reason you saw um, Idaho Wine Merchant BRJ, they were two smaller. They were more, they were wine distributors that got into craft beer is probably a better a, a, a better summary of them and the reason that, and I don't think BRJ ever wanted to be in craft beer they just happened to acquire a couple and then it wasn't their upset. focus no they were definitely more of a wine and they did cra- they did a couple of craft brands they were pretty bad at it I'm just, well they 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 got into the import market. And then while they had imports, they also picked up a couple of others, just kind of. Mm-hmm. But they but they weren't all that great at uh, at at anything beer related. I was gonna say uh, showing up or selling beer or anything that a distributor should do. Um, so they got. Uh, but I think that that merger was kind of when I was talking to people involved in it, they it was always framed as a response to. Scout backed by Columbia, and the real and mm-hmm. and, and, and honestly, the, the 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 name that was prompting that action or that fear was Columbia. Columbia. Yeah, um, it was. I mean, we we are in a weirdly insulated well market, especially as as, since Columbia kind of has ties to Reyes. Right. It's we're we're. I mean, it's the big bad wolf. You look you you, you look at uh, the broader distribution. Uh, landscape across the country, and you start to realize that our home is a weird backwater in many, many ways. But this one being among them, there hitherto none of the distributors were huge national players. Um, they, they no, were, and I feel they were they were they were at best big regional uh, houses. Hayden, of course, all of Idaho, and in some in Washington and. All of Idaho, all of Montana. All of Montana. Tried to buy in Alaska, but lost out. Um, you, um, uh, Stein, uh, Idaho. And uh, C- Ontario, Oregon. C- uh, CSB permanently lost inside their own butthole. Uh, <laughs> but, but also, they paired with uh, Odin um, in a weird... Murder suicide pact? I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, I think Odom's like, we want to be down in Boise. You guys suck. But Here's... there was, but there was that, but the the, the 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 deal that went down this year that was that... the the thing is though, distributors are at best big regional players, and well, that is where it'll always stop. You'll never have like a nationwide. Because it is that good old boys club where no one's going to step on the other guy's toes out of that gentlemanly agreement because they realize they have a fucking monopoly where they're at. That's why when Hayden went to Montana, it pissed off so many people because they said, we're going statewide in Montana and there is no other distributor in the state of Montana that is statewide. Hmm. There's the Bud House in Missoula. There's the Bud House in Kalispell. There's the Bud House in Butte, Great Falls, Helena. Yeah. There's the Bud House in Bozeman. There's the Bud House, and there's all there's. Quit saying Bud House. You're sounding like Butt House. The <laughs> well, Coors House in. I know. I but, like. I talked to one of the Firestone guys a couple years ago. Firestone Walker at that time had 16 distributors in the state of Montana. 16. Shit. That's one for every city. Basically. <laughs> of any size. So. But I don't know if they're... I mean, I, I have a hard time believing they'll go away. Um, well, when I, I guess uh, here, I, I guess before I go in there, let me clarify. When you say, like, craft, craft beer-only houses, are you talking like, you know, if you don't diversify into, say, wine or... Yep. Or uh, or uh, like a couple wine of seltzers spirits RTDs, if, spirits, spirits. If, if that's allowed in your state. Yep. Um, but if you are craft beer only, okay. No, that actually makes a lot of sense because get mm-hmm. well if you're if you are if you just sell beer 
and you're looking at the beer market. Well, honestly, if Scout didn't have the backing from Columbia, I don't think they'd be doing well. I don't know. How, how well are they doing? Do we know? I, I don't, but I'm just, I'm like, you're... I get I get mixed I get mixed signals uh, from very, very different uh, from very different places. So I, I I'm comfortable because saying also I'm like at that point you're dependent on consistent orders of rotating. You're not getting any of that chain involvement outside of maybe one or two brands. But if it's ten cases of this great notion beer, ten cases of this great notion beer, twenty cases of this, that's not enough to keep. Fair. The 50 Albertsons in this valley fair, in stock. So you're not getting that chain rotation. So you're dependent on small independent bottle shops. Holla. Which there's less than a handful. In this area, yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying at, at, at every point in this, I'm trying to trying to kind of cast the cast a wider net. Uh, um, yeah, uh, I think I I think it's dependent on the market. Um, Idaho is so chain dependent in the off premise, so basically your whole company is running on the on premise. Yeah, which hasn't fully rebounded from COVID. Still, it's still down. Yeah, I mean, there's bars and restaurants fucking laying people off right now because they're not busy enough in downtown Boise. I've showed up to downtown Boise to try to sell beer a Thursday or a Friday at lunchtime and found seats at busy beer bars at the bar. There's been like three other people at the bar on a downtown lunch, which in downtown Boise, it's been just packed. Fair enough. Well... Uh, now, uh, I mean that's probably the conversation about the remote work and people. And I think there's still a lot of people who. Uh, uh, well, uh, uh, Boise became a it became an, a a one of those hubs uh, for people who worked remotely anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of people moved out here during and after COVID because well, wait, you can you can you can live anywhere and still I can and still work. Well, shit, I'm gonna not live in a place where rent is uh, uh, three thousand dollars and uh, mm-hmm. and I have to uh, and and spray the homeless people off my sidewalk. Um, I'm going to go to I'm, I'm going to go to Boise and and bitch about what uh, uh, what uh, assholes everybody is. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the other guy. Um, Aaron Remus uh, then also starts talking about how on-premise same-store sales are going to remain below pre-pandemic levels, which we just kind of hit on. Uh, especially as, I mean, the price of price of a pint in downtown Boise is six to eight dollars, with gas high in Idaho, r- rent and mortgages going up, people are tightening the purse strings and not drinking beers as much. Well, you think as well as student loan payments came back, uh, and less open jobs and like people fighting to hire employees back like they were right after the pandemic. Well, and I, 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 all the weird thing. The weird thing is that the number you know economic economic numbers don't line up with people's economic perception right now it's one of the weird things that we're going through where people mm-hmm. are just absolutely absolutely sure that um that the economy is in a toilet but the actual numbers say the opposite and it's a weird like mismatch so i'm and i'm not sure how to how to resolve that but i do want to throw out there that that aside from putting that aside um People's drinking habits have just changed. Mm-hmm. So where at, so I'd almost suggest that it's not that people are tightening their purse strings as much as they're just not drinking beer and maybe not drinking craft beer. Uh, the the attraction for that has 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 shifted. Uh, spirits are way up. Um, yeah, but, wine is wine is up. Beer is just. But and I can really only speak for the Treasure Valley here. Bars in general in the Treasure Valley since November. Yeah. They're ghost towns. Really? Like, they'll have good nights, 
but they're not as good as. That's interesting. Just pe- here in town, people just aren't going out and getting shit hammered. It's you'll have your like core big party bars like yeah. right in downtown that are packed Friday Saturday, but the other nights or lunches are just not doing what they used to do and. So fuck Dana White. If don't drink Bud Light, if you're a real patriot, you'll go out and get shit housed at noon in the, the yeah. downtown of your choice. Yeah, <laughs> uh, get some food, get some drinks, have a good time. You know, America. Uh. Uh, and then he also said, uh, high competition and margin compression are going to start driving innovation and driving uh, where people can get. Uh, collaborations and more exclusive partnerships to increase buying power and really just drive what they're doing the last guy is bradley barlow from west sixth brewing in lexington kentucky uh his hits were distribution landscape where like three percent upside in distribution are kind of gonna be what most people can kind of count on is a ceiling of three percent growth with a distributor uh which i think's pretty reasonable um and then what really got me was the evolution of taproom experience and the owned premise landscape uh so just dialing in that taproom to bring consumers in from other bars to your taproom and Focus on the increased margin you have at your own premise, where we talked about that pretty extensively before the pandemic, how like owned premise was mm-hmm. becoming this big thing. And I feel that's where a lot of people are going to lean back into. Well, and it kind of kind of goes back to uh, the the idea that I mean, again, it's kind of been a running theme that it's we're it's kind of the the market's kind of collapsing and it is about your neighborhood tap room it's not about it's not about going uh going to the 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 fancy uh uh you know hipster district in your in your market it's about going to visit the uh the the tap room that's down the block or down the street or with it you know the place you can go have a few beers and a few more and get home on your lips if you absolutely need to. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, uh, which, is that is that good? Is that bad? I just, I kind of shrug and go, it's a thing. It is, it's going to benefit some. It's going to harm others. What, is it, what does that mean as a, on, a, on a larger scale? I think, I mean, if, if, if that really is what we're seeing and that, you know, and that plays out like that, I think it's a net positive because that, that that means a uh, a a wider variety and more more owners and less consolidation. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's a net neutral. It's but yeah, it, it's taking depends what side you're on. If you're on the side, your good buddy owns a little craft beer bar in a certain part of town and everyone's going to breweries instead of your craft beer bar, then yeah, it's a net net, net negative for yeah, you, but I, but the, the craft beer bar is, is I think we've discussed it's, it's evolving. Mm-hmm. I don't think it'll ever go away specifically, but you've got to have a niche audience. Yeah. Outside of craft beer fans. Yes. So, Jeremy, do you have your final order? There was some, there was some, there was some swapping around as because I was noticing some flavors changing as the beer warmed up. That uh, uh, that actually made me second guess a a, a lot of um, uh, a lot of uh, where I place things. But yes, I now have I I, I now do have my final order. You uh, doing one final run through? Okay. Uh, while Tyler does that. Um, uh, He's, he's he's looking very intensely. This is some this is some uh, some uh, some hardcore drinking right here. He's 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 like glaring at his stouts, you know, just daring them to to uh, to offend him on some personal level. Uh, you can, I can, tell me the truth. <laughs> I can I 
can actually I can I, watching watching Tyler think is a is is a whole as a full body experience. I can almost see the smoke kind of wisp, wisping yeah. out of his ears. We good? We good? Okay. What is which direction do you want to approach it from? Or the 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 favorite? Or the yes. or going from bottom up? Let's go bottom up. Okay. What's your bottom? Advocate. Same. Advocate um, was. I, God, it's fucking. It is so fucking. It just fucking lingers, and it's it's a black IPA without any of the good parts about being a black IPA. Advocate was number was number four in your lineup. Which, so fourth from the left. Yes. Obsidian. Really? Ouch. Okay. Um, what's your what, what what's your next one? I have consolidate. See that rose to be my favorite. Really? Yeah. As I as I tried as it warmed up, I get I began to really like the the caramel, and the chocolate and the coffee. I think that the harshness that I was getting out of it, it the the finish on it still just. Is maybe, it? maybe it's because I had Advocate and it just completely destroyed my palate. So now the, the harshness on the back. But um, I actually came to uh, uh, put cons- Consolidate as my number one. Okay. Um, what do you have as your second to worst? Meat. Really? Okay. Where's meat on yours? Uh, third. All right. Uh, so what was Consolidate? What, oh, what was Consolidate? Consolidate was the first one. You Fort George whore. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm comfortable with that. <laughs> uh, so, and what was your, meat was your second to last, right? Meat was my second to last. Uh, what was meat? Meat was the second. Was Dark Star. Uh, okay, what do you have? Uh, in your third to last, deter. So did I. Okay, we already we deter just just to make it deter was uh, uh, oh. number six. And Sullivan's. And Sullivan's. Yep. Okay, uh, uh, second place. Your second place, my third. Um, oh yeah. Uh, was worm. Worm. Same. Worm was, I uh, I uh, was third on the list. You don't hate, not not as much as I not, not as much as I thought I would. And then the no. zonker was like our it was my number your number one my number two Pierce. Okay, uh, I was the funny thing was Worm was my number one, but as I kept on drinking it, I'm like, but it doesn't have as much flavor as both Consolidate and Pierce. And so anyway, that is the well, that's your uh, uh, that's your lineup. I don't, I'm taking the picture, so you have the picture, okay. and now you can. All right. So this. So uh, um, Pierce. So uh, worm. Me. Deter. Consolidate. This has got to be exciting Advocate. for everybody. This has got to be exciting for the the few people listening. Going like so. Uh, uh, they're just lighting up their beers now. Yep, that's what's happening. Okay. Uh, what did we learn from this? <laughs> okay, so let's see how good my guesses were. Oh, that's right. You were you you were uh, guessing. You were guessing along with us. I was surprised. I had a few. Uh, I I had a few uh, assumptions, but they... I know I I at least got one. Which one did you get? Deter. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay, uh, fair enough. So I said Worm is Dark Star. It was not. What was Worm again? It was Ninkasi. Ah. Um, uh, I had Worm as. Ninkasi, and then when I tried the advocate, I was like, "No, that's that's I, gotta be Ninkasi, not Dark Star." And so I flopped the I, two. I immediately accused uh, Advocate of being Ninkasi. Just that long, impalably bitter finish. Um, sorry to shoots. Sorry, so, to, sorry, Ninkasi. Yeah, <laughs> like so. Pierce, I said Zonker. Got that right. I am. Uh, uh, I've always enjoyed that beer, and it's it's it's, not, it's their best beer. It, I, 
Uh, some, you know, I, I've about to say it's their only beer. Uh, they did put out a hazy IPA that I quite like, or hazy pale ale that I quite like. Uh, I like their Jenny Lake Lager too. Uh, yeah, that's not bad. Uh, I said meat was Cavatica. I was incorrect. You were incorrect. Uh, got deter as Sullivan's. Consolidate, I said, was Obsidian. And advice as, or advocate as Otis. I think, I think. Uh, uh, I almost had three correct instead of the two. <laughs> but almost is only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. And nuclear bombs. Indeed. Uh, Tyler, do you have anything else you want to add today? Uh, I do. If you're here in the Treasure Valley, uh, Jul- January 5th or 6th, whatever that Saturday, 6th, is our friend Chris's uh, opening at Gem State Brewing. He's been on this podcast before talking about opening, but his... In, in the in the, in the the long, long ago, in the way, way back, we had him back our first summer in 2019. Episode, I want to say like 20? Yeah, uh, if you heard during this podcast a random vibration on the table, it was him sending me these pictures of him drinking his oatmeal stout on his patio out front of the brewery. Sweet. It's, that has been a long, 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 bloody long time. I was actually just... Uh, the summertime special with Gem State Brewing was August 20th of uh, 2019. That was episode... It uh, doesn't have an episode number. Uh, God. Uh, episode 12. Damn. Uh, so that was... He that is was- finally opening in a couple weeks... Go support him. Go say hi to Chris. Try his beers. Uh, like I said, grand opening party is January sixth. So, so uh, and hi Chris. Uh, uh, congratulations. <laughs> um, well, that's been uh, it's all beer for uh, 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 for the, our stout edition. Um, if uh, if if you'd like to uh, let us know. Uh, if you work for Ninkasi, want to call us a couple of assholes? <laughs> I started giving them a lot of shit, and then you kind of jumped in, and I, I what? They, my number three, your number. Uh, what was it? It was Worm. Number two. Yeah, my number three, our number two. Uh, uh, if you and I started with it at number two, and I was like, if you if you work, and then I was like. No way! It's tasting better than Dark Star, and I Dark Star did not do nearly as well as I thought it would do. I mean, it was one spot back for me. I uh, see that was all the way back uh, uh, in the in the uh, in the just just above the Obsidian. I mean, to be fair, none of them were except for the Obsidian Stout, which was just really really bitter. Also, the Obsidian Stout to give a little leeway is probably the oldest packaged on date. That's not the problem, though. No, that wasn't. It wasn't. If anything, it should have helped it. That wasn't like. It wasn't like. Oh, how old is that? No, it's just. It's just really, really. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, if you work for Dinkasi and would like uh, to demand your apology, uh, you can get a hold of us. Uh, you, uh, we put up pictures on uh, Instagram, uh, throw up things on Facebook occasionally uh, when I can be buggered to. Um, and you can find us at It's All Beer. Uh, you can send us an email saying you guys are uh, are, are, are assholes and uh, you should should be nicer. And and we'll go. Yeah, we're sorry. Um, uh, you're, no, we won't. You're you're no Fort George, but uh, not not as bad as we make you out to be. And you can send that email to It's All Beer at gmail dot com. And we'll see it like three to five months later. <laughs> I checked it. I checked it this week. There's We didn't go to no party in fucking San Francisco to officially kill uh, Anchor. Why would you Would you have? I would have showed up and been like, Anchor needs to die. Anchor needs to die. I don't think that's what they were going for. And also, they, they, they'd want to bring, they, they were hoping that we'd bring all of our followers with us. So it would be you showing up with, like... Two, three people. Yeah, and... And one of which is like, I know he does a podcast. I've never actually listened to it. I'm just here for the beer. And honestly, they'd be like, wow, we reached out to these guys. We should really check a follower account yeah, on we, these yeah. podcasts. Yeah, uh, uh, and I'd be like, yeah, any dumbass can start a podcast. 
I have one. What should I say? I, That's what I always love when I'm like, people think their opinion matters. Anyone can start a podcast or a YouTube channel. I have a podcast. It's not that hard. I mean, to be fair, Tyler doesn't do anything. I, he just I, he just shows up. I put a beer in front of him and a microphone, and this is what comes out. <laughs> There's the technical aspect completely just... But, honestly, it's not like you sit here and edit for hours, either. You, don't, you have no idea what the fuck I do. No, because you've admitted to me, you're like, I cut out the long pauses, or, like, some of the times when we're like, oh, we need to redo that. You do probably 15 minutes worth of editing, and this is done. If I do 15 minutes, I feel like I've overdone it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you don't know, because you weren't there. But that's the thing, I'm like, anyone can start a podcast... <laughs> You guys should really check your shit. And, like, if, you, and if you want to, and if you want to uh, leave us a review on the fact that we can, that any idiot can do this, uh, you can uh, uh, do that on iTunes. Then why don't you do one and <laughs> show me how easy it is? <laughs> Just one star. Tyler's a dick. <laughs> Honestly, that'd be like a five star rating for me. <laughs> You'd be like, that's all I was hoping for. That was that's print it, frame it, and be like, I'm done. And that'll be uh, uh, quite enough from us. Signing off for uh, the year of 2023. Why the fuck is there a guitar pick in your table? I play guitar. Why do you have it shoved in the table? So I can find it. You son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) I just threw it away. Now I have to go digging in my (laughs) trash heap to fucking find that pick. Signing off for 2023. (laughs) Right before I fucking cold cock uh, uh, Tyler right in the head. I'm Jeremy Jones. I'm Tyler Zimmerman. I'm going to drink the rest of these stouts. Have fun. (laughs)